video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch when Hello, you want to watch it. my name's Justin the Clue, and I'm here today with Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast, where we go through all of the notable Blu-rays and DVDs each week. And oh man, it's a shocking week, right, Mark? Shocking. It's a spooky <laughs> week. Because it's October. Yeah, that's it's right. October. And there's nothing scarier than Criterion releasing Melvin Van Peoples Essential Films. <laughs> Scary because I can't believe they haven't done it till now. Yeah, it's crazy that Melvin Van Peebles has not really gotten his physical media due. He did now, get a bunch outside of side of Sweet Sweetback. Yeah, DVDs from Xenon. Yeah. And like you mentioned, Sweet Sweet Pack was released by Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah, in a really nice edition. I remember mm-hmm. checking that out at the time. And they don't and post the co- one of the commentaries on this Criterion weird, set. Weird, yeah. But uh, this Criterion set, they went all out. If you don't know Melvin Van Peebles, he's basically the African-American like Jean-Luc Godard. And he even yeah. went to France and was hanging around there when those French New Wave guys were making movies. Because mm-hmm. he knew that... In America, he could never get a film off the ground, but you can get like a director's um, card. I remember hearing yeah. this in an interview. If you like stay there long enough and did enough work, he wrote like books in French. He taught himself fr- uh, French just to make his first film, The Story of a Three Day Pass, which is excellent, I should say. Yeah, I actually just watched it for the first time. Oh, did you? Set. Yeah. Um, I remember you'd been talking about it before, and I'd always wanted to see it, and I really, really liked it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I totally agree with the French New Wave, and it, does, it feels like a Godard movie, like a more fun Godard movie. Almost. Well, all of his films pretty much feel that way. Even Sweet Sweetbacks yeah. is like no, a Godard totally. movie, and it's weird because I never see anybody like, talk about it in that context. Yeah. A lot of the times they'll be like, oh, it's very, de- it, you know, rough around the edge and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, but it's also like genuinely experimental in the way that you approach like Sweet Sweet Bex, where oh, it's totally. like like a blast of fury in your face. Yeah, I feel like he always gets, lo- or maybe not always, but often gets lumped in with the black exploitation movement mm-hmm. too, like the more mainstream black exploitation movement, and Sweet Sweet Back gets lumped in there. The studio based really, one. Yeah, I never really saw that as part of that whole. No, way. me neither. It was just his own kind of auteur. Right? Yeah, basically an artist, and you know, because he's African American, there was no one really really that he would like champion him in a way that he could continue a career but this also has a second film watermelon man which i also love yeah yeah his only studio yes and that it was so inflammatory in their opinion that they're like no more studio movies for you and it's a great movie it's a white guy that wakes up as a black man which sounds offensive but they make the genius decision to have the white part be a black actor in white makeup so Uh, good uh, yeah yeah and the studio was pissed because they wanted him to turn back white at the end and that does not happen in this movie (laughs) it it essentially ends with like the apocalypse (laughs) at the end of the picture right and this box set is so good it has uh short films that he made it has and this is awesome badass the 2003 fictional film that his son mario van peebles directed even so good ports over the commentary track there's new conversations there's original commentary on uh badass which is very all over the place (laughs) There's a great book that he wrote, his diary of when he made Badass. There's a feature-length documentary about him from 2005. So, I mean, if you have any interest in Melvin Van Peebles, you got to pick up this set. Yeah, this is an amazing, amazing set. And yeah, just going back to Story of a Three-Day Pass for a second, I was just like blown away by the level of like like style that he mm-hmm. had right away, right off the bat. There's like great sequences when he's in like the uh, the clubs and he's kind of like picking up his love interest and they're dancing and the way the camera. There's a great scene where, like, the camera's just kind of static and they keep, like, dancing in mm-hmm. and out of the frame. Like, it's kind of revolving around them, but it's not. So, moving on, Criterion also released Onibaba, uh, the classic film by Kaneto Shindo. And I know that Mark would just watch this one, too. I did, yeah. This is one I'd been meaning to get around to for years um, because I love this period of Japanese horror and I love the Criterion titles. They've already put out, like, uh, Kwaidan or Kuroneko, uh, a few others mm-hmm. from that period. <laughs> Um, and I just never gotten around to this. You're so... finally getting into your university um, cinephilia. Right right? yeah. No, I mean, I saw some of these back then. <laughs> yeah. But Onibaba, for some reason, escaped me until now. Great film, though. Really So great. good. So good. And it's really, you know, like a lot of these kind of movies, more of like a Japanese new wave type film than like a straight horror movie. It's creepy. And the atmosphere is creepy. It's beautifully shot. Reminds me a little bit of the surrealism of uh, like Woman in the Dunes, though, too. Something like that. The other Japanese yeah. horror-ish, horror-ish film. Yeah. But yeah, um, but yeah, this one was beautiful. And this Criterion transfer is just off the charts. It's eye popping. <laughs> off the off charts. Off the charts. Put um, it on DVD Beaver. It Look at that bit yeah, right 
Yeah, I mean, oh, I boy. love those frames. They look great. It's just one of those movies where like every frame could just be like a painting. A painting we should start wall. a YouTube channel called that. I know, right? I wonder. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they didn't really go all out like they did on the uh, Melvin Van Peebles. It's an old audio commentary featuring the director and the actors, an interview with the director uh, from 2003, and some on-location footage he shot. So it's all stuff that previously appeared on yeah, DVD. I think the big thing is just like the restoration of it, because I think the older DVD is an older Criterion release. It's a very so, old one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it's needed. But shouldn't you just hold for out for 4K? Because you know it's coming, right? The, when not, Criterion puts I out all care. those 4K releases, I'm going to be like, ah, I don't <laughs> need any of these. Are they actually going to go back and release like everything Absolutely. in their catalog? Absolutely. <laughs> As uh, Tim Heidecker's yeah, company logo would say. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the decision to do Mahal and Drive right off the bat, which has already sold like so many copies. They just them. did so it. So many copies. They just did. Wouldn't you, if you were like doing 4Ks, like Citizen Kane makes sense. Yes. Because it has it. before. Yep. Too, they're like, getting in the ring. Yeah. But like, like Mulholland and Drive just came out. That's a hint to the public being like, yeah, all these Blu-rays you just bought, they're yeah. coming out in 4K. You know what though? We'll still sell a ton of them. You we'll will sell, sell so, so many. many. <laughs> well, you know, I stared at those Halloween ones that you said have been flying off the shelf and I'm like, I'm not touching these with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> you know what? I said that and that's You one- bought some. No, I didn't buy him. I didn't buy him. We're not going to talk about him this week because it's Halloween, whatever. We yeah. Are. But I haven't been looking at any of them except for number three. I think I'm going to buy Did you not three. get it when it came out? Didn't Shell Factory do like a single Blu-ray did, release? And I never got it. Okay. Uh, I actually don't own any of the, ha- not even the first one on Blu-ray. I had it on DVD way back in the Man, day. I but... got the Blu-ray set. This is how long ago it was from HMV when they had like discounted it like right. 50%. And like I was like the Shell Factory Yep, set? the big, like wow. big special yeah, edition yeah. one. And I was like, oh yeah, finally, I'm going to grab this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is about three. It's like, yeah, I like one, but like three is just like, that's the one I think I want on my shelf. So, moving on, we have Perfume, the story of a murderer, and I know that marks a big Tom Tyker head, so (laughs) speaking of uh, university cinephilia, when you're like, oh, run, little run, can't wait to see what else he, huh, warrior and a princess. He was the man in my university days. One of my friends was, like, obsessed with him, too, and yeah, so was I. You know, the princess and the warrior. That that, that was one that Ooh, boy. Work as All well I remember is like it's Giovanni Rubinsi. No, like, no, that's heaven. Uh, that's heaven? Of, yeah, that's the one. Which is a princess and a warrior? Which that's is the, the one, one with the run, Lola, run actress. Is it the one that has like VR that they're like floating through? That's, the inter- he- no, that's, that's heaven. heaven yeah. Which is great. Big fan. <laughs> okay. Big fan of heaven. <laughs> All I remember is that hey, VR. It's got that Kieslowski script. Though, and it's like, up so. oh, here we go. We're floating through VR. I'm a big fan. Is it Tom Tiger? It feels like a guy that it's like, eh, he never really like hit the heights that you expect he would. Yeah, I was thinking about him recently when this came out because I do genuinely love this film. This is one of those movies that I remember when it came out. I rushed to go see it in theaters. I remember being so so excited. people hated it, I remember. Like, it had a really... And I think mostly to do with the ending, it was really divisive because it does go really over the top for the end. Um, And I won't spoil it in case you haven't seen it because I feel like it's kind of fallen by the wayside. It's a big orgy at the end. That's what happened. All right, fine. It's a big orgy. But I thought it was just like worked perfectly. I thought the whole movie worked so perfectly for me, but I remember just people hating it. I I remember being very excited for this. I don't know what the hype train was around this. I think the book had such a cult following and Mm. it was one of those books that is like, oh, it's an unadaptable book. So how is he even going to do this? But I don't know. I think he nailed it. Um, But yeah, I feel like since then, I mean, I know he did Cloud Atlas with the Wachowskis, which... Yep. Maybe, maybe didn't make as much money for Warner Brothers as they didn't wanted. Didn't he do to. another uh, Murkowski project as well? Did he work on Sense Eight? Yes, I think he yeah. did, which I never saw. And he did Babylon, which people—I mean, some people really liked. I think that was his show. Yeah, about right. the um, post World War One Germany. Right. Right. But movie-wise, has he done much in the last few years? Hey, what if you look and there's like, like a Bruce Willis film that you've seen? No, there must be one or two. I think maybe he made some movies back in... Wherever he's from. Europe. Yeah, general, <laughs> general Europe. Europe. No, Ger- Germany, right? Yeah, oh, I, I don't know. Yeah, Germany, Rome, Babylon, Rome, that makes sense, yeah, yes. Yeah. I'm like, I don't even know where he's from. But yeah, I mean, Run, Low, the Run was a great movie back in the back in the day. You know, know what? I don't know if I, I, I haven't revisited it I wanted it while, to like but... it more than I I, I I did, and I kept watching it on DVD being like, no, I like it this time. I'll like yeah. it. Because, you know, you got your Fight Club poster, you got your Run, oh, Low, yeah. the Run, you got oh, your totally, right? Requiem for a Dream. I remember actually my first year, one of my first year film classes showed us Run, Low, the Run in one of the first classes. This is like, what style as is. As like new, like this is new movie making. 
thinking. I was like, wait, wasn't I've, that movie already, already like movie, five years late by that point? Well, that's the thing. I'm like, I've already seen this like five times in high school. <laughs> I, I'm obsessed with this movie already. Uh, but I will say Perfume, great movie. If you haven't seen Perfume, if you missed it, if you're looking for something different. <laughs> sure. If you're not, a, if you're okay with like a little bit of cheesiness, sexiness, cheesy sexiness, yeah, I would say go for it. You know, oh, Ben Wishaw's great. I was just thinking, what has he done? Like, how has he not been made Hollywood? He did. He did. The right? International with oh, Clive Owen. I like the International. It's all right. I like the International. I like that it's like banks are that. evil. Yeah, you know, I think it actually has a little bit more. I remember seeing it with a friend, my Tom Tyker obsessed friend at the mm-hmm. time, and he his comment was like, "It feels like it's written by somebody with like an intense not like actual knowledge of banking mm-hmm. and like this whole world." But maybe not necessarily a knowledge of like how to make that entertaining of a movie all the time. Wasn't but that I like film? It. I like it. Didn't it come out before like the recession that happened? Yeah, I like believe it did. 2008 or yeah. something. It's a while. See, like even that was like over a decade ago though. Mm-hmm. So, like, what is he? I mean, he, he must have made. Call up your Tom Tyker friend. Yeah, I'm sure you know. Please let us know. Do you still talk to that guy for college? Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. Is he still a Tom Tyker head? Um, I mean, again, because he hasn't really done anything. Like, no. I, I don't think we've really talked about him. I, sp- I speak to none of my yeah, college yeah. friends <laughs> yeah. or university <laughs> or high school. Jeez, I can't make yeah, friends. I, I have a lot of difficulty. Friends? What are friends? <laughs> yeah. I have all I these have Blu-rays. <laughs> Those are my friends. Yeah. They never leave me. They never talk yeah. back. I can just talk to them. <laughs> I love Actually, you, Perfume. They talk to me. I'm like, what do my friends they put on the other commentary? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ah, this movie we all made I together. I am friends with Tom Tykwer. Is it even Tykwer or is it uh, Tom Tykwer? It's it's something. It's not the way that I'm saying. I, it. Yeah, yeah, I think we're saying it wrong. I'm sorry, Tom. So, <laughs> he's a big Blu-ray head right now. So moving on. This is a movie I haven't seen. Elvira's Haunted Hills, and it's always been considered the lesser Elvira movie because mm-hmm. it was another one that came out in the '80s. Yeah, I think it's late. Yeah, it, and this one. 80s. I mean, expiration date wise, it came out 2002. <laughs> Is it 2002 on this one? Yes, wow. 2002. I didn't even realize it was that late. I thought it was like 90s, maybe. No, really, I didn't look at But Elvira's back, enough. you know. She's big on Shutter. Yeah, people no, really great. like her. But I've never seen this either. I have to recommend this only because it was directed by a pal of mine and by a safe pal. No and I've spoken to him once, <laughs> which is last year I put out a call on Facebook, being like, "Does anybody know any Christmas movie directors? I'd love to speak to one." And one of them popped up was Sam Irving, who nice. directs Christmas movies now. Is a huge horror fan. Like he writes a lot of like essays for horror magazines and he directed this one and he's like i love this movie it's and back then he even said it's getting a new restoration to scream factory so it took a year to come out yeah i know i've been hearing about this for a while Mm -hmm. and he said it's his homage to the edgar Allan poe films that roger corman made so i'm like oh i'm in i believe this was released on dvd previously and i think it has a special features from there which is like an audio commentary with cassandra peterson a bunch of the actors and the director sam irving making a featurette you know, uh, some other interviews, even an interview with Richard O'Brien. I remember this DVD got like a, like what looked like a bootleg, but it was just like a low budget yeah. release, right? And that's yeah. when I always saw. And it's been out of print for years. And it was like so a generic background, and yeah. it was just like Elvira standing there, like clip art. It so. doesn't even look like a real release, Mm-mm. yeah. But now it's back, now and. It does. Oh, what about this uh, Scream Factory case? Oh, yeah, we got to talk about this. Um, going back to the Halloweens, too. I am loving these new uh, Scream Factory And I got to say, they're so they're hard. They're hard. Uh, how would you describe They're basically like, uh, you know, sometimes you get books like that, like book collections. Yeah, yeah. Would have like these hard. I'm hitting it near the mic. I know, Because <laughs> right? it's hard. Oh, it's hard. Yeah, you can. <laughs> People you can, are like, yeah, Kill someone hard. with this thing. And I got to <laughs> yeah. say, I got to say. Slips in and out very easily. No, I know. I remember taking our rental copies out. I'm like, ooh, I was like, you know. These yep, because I was really... just recently putting, what was I putting away? I think it was maybe a UK, like, 88 films release. And mm. I had to, like, do the, so if people don't know this trick, I know I've said it before. If you put your Blu-ray in backwards, yeah. going spine first, right. you will, and nothing will get caught. I don't know why that yeah. is, but that's how, it like, it works. And you don't, because if you try to put it straight so it looks, like, in the direction that the cover is, it will catch the top and can like bend it That's forever what I was say um because when we're yeah like these do remind me of the like say the vinegar syndrome uh archive ones too. yes but those, but those vinegar- always oh. get caught always the get few i have yeah like, 
one of them even like got ripped ripped a little bit yeah like, you got to put them in backwards it. man that's the way I you got to do it I, know. I mean we have something on the table here we'll get to about things that <laughs> yeah. cannot be removed but you're right this slips in real nice <laughs> man yeah. so dirty yeah, it's getting dirty. yeah it's yeah getting dirty we get we're going you know, blue on base tree and that orgy and everything <laughs> <laughs> all right all right let's sober up a little bit <laughs> yeah because we're gonna do oh, let's yeah. do two let's hits at once because we're gonna do two seven releases a day of judgment and midnight now a day of judgment caught me and mark's attention yes because we were like oh it is a christian slasher film well it was meant to be a christian slasher yes. film at the last minute they're like all right let's up the gore a little and <laughs> yeah we'll move from there now mark did you finish this film because you said you um, couldn't finish it right so yeah i was really excited for this so much so that i think we yeah we suggested it as a potential blind buy for this week oh um, we didn't suggest it we, we, we picked it. it we picked that's it. why i watched it and, and I was like, then you know you watched it and told me it was boring so mm. i kind of had that heads up yeah went into it got i didn't realize how boring this movie <laughs> was gonna be. um i will confess i was kind of dozing off a bit and then it got to like the last 20 minutes and i was like you know what? I'm just not paying attention. To but this they anymore. go to hell. I know, and I guess I missed the big finale where they went to hell. But so this it, film, it, did I miss a lot? No, it's literally like one like painting. Oh my and god! So this movie is essentially episodic, just kind of like Tales from the Crypt in the most boring ways. Oh my god! Where it's god, like people yeah. acting badly. It's a period piece, so yep. you know they went out of their way. And the problem is the payoffs are not good enough for all the time that we spend with these characters. One of them, the payoff happens off screen and they just come in and the guy's like, oh, oh, I saw something terrible. And it's like, what? Yeah. The killer looks cool though. Yeah, no, I think the killer Big looks Skice. cool. Yeah, I like that. But for so much of it, especially like for the first half hour or so or more, it's just like, Almost feels like it's trying to be some Robert Altman-esque, like, portrait of a small 20s American mm, town. Absolutely. And it's, like, all these random village folk telling their sins and stories and stuff. And I'm like, at a certain point, you know what? At first, I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. You know, like, the acting's a little, like, you know, I enjoyed wobbly. It. Like, I kind of liked the vibe. But then it just got to a point where it was, like, hawking and more talking. And, and you know it's not going anywhere, too. I was just too. getting tired. I'm like, I'm not even paying attention to what they're saying. Isn't it weird time. how they start, like, intercutting some of the stories? You're like, yeah, but I didn't even yeah, see the yeah, ending. Yeah, Why am right? I in another story exactly. now? <laughs> so just not that I just wanted a slasher movie and nothing else. Like, I'm okay if a slasher movie gives me a little something more. But this just wasn't even giving me the thrill this of is a classic, slasher movie or anything else of interest. So This is a classic Mark mistake, which yeah. is like, Mark's like, we got to watch this movie. And I'm like, it ain't going to be good, I man. Know, I know. <laughs> the cover art. It's the cover art. It sold me. And this does have a great um, like little video essay where it's... Stephen Thrower talking. Uh, I love Stephen Thrower. He wrote Nightmare USA. Yeah. And like when he talks about a movie, it's like, oh, you know what? Maybe I, <laughs> yeah, I, know, right? I actually watched it before I watched a movie. And he compares it to kind of like Francois Truffaut's film because that's who the director really loved. Okay. And that's who he was imitating. I was like, I can see that. I can see right. like Lady yeah, in Black I, I kind of see style. A bit of that. This is also an Earl Owensby production. I don't know if you're familiar with that filmmaker. He no. had like a giant, uh, he built himself a studio and oh, he cool. made a bunch of films that he starred in. And he also did uh, Tales of the Third Dimension. It seems seems that Severn will be doing a box set of his films because there okay. is a interview that says it's part of a larger documentary. Uh, so I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, okay. this is coming. Okay. I know what you said, Severn. Okay. And then we also have Midnight, which was the other slasher on the table. And I watched and I was like, it's pretty good. I think you would have had a fun time with yeah, Midnight. I, yeah, I think I should have. I, You know what? You suggested it. You were like, this one's better. I'm like, I'm still going to go for that day of judgment, <laughs> you know? And uh, So I was wrong. I Midnight apologize. is, its claim to fame is that it's written and directed by Joe, uh, John Russo. The guy that was part of George Romero's team, and he co-wrote Night of the Living Dead, and he went on his own way, which a lot of it was just trying to like ride the coattails of George R. <laughs> George A. Romero, George R. Romero. <laughs> yeah, know, right? That's his brother. That's my pseudonym. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's like Pete and Pete. His parents called him George and yeah, George. George and George. <laughs> which one was little George? George which A. and Pete? George R. <laughs> he later changed his name to George R. R. Martin. And so <laughs> yeah. um, this movie is a Texas Chainsaw Massacre ripoff, but it's got like a great fall feel even though that uh, looking into it they actually shot it over six months okay. but there's leaves on the ground the entire time yeah, and everyone's wearing <laughs> kind of like plaid the entire time I always want to say played because that's how it's spelled <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah. like that's not how it's said it's plaid why wouldn't it be P-L-A-D it would be easier to say that way and like they meet some like psycho cops this has almost like a psycho twist where you spend like 40 minutes like meeting these characters and like getting
getting to know them. And then when the killers show up, they like kill two of them right away. And you're like, whoa, whoa okay. All right. And it's crazy that like the original cut of this movie just ended with the main character being thrown in a cage and then it faded to black. <laughs> and the producer, Sam Sherman, who did all of Al Adamson's film, was right. like, this cannot, this cannot be the ending. Like, <laughs> what? And so there's a great ending where like the killers are shot, lit on fire, like okay. just a big bombastic finale. And yeah, I just like the feel shot in Pittsburgh, which like the Pittsburgh crew, which would have worked on like Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead. It says it has Tom Savini special effects. Tom Savini does an interview on the disc where he freely admits he's like, I just recycled stuff that I had <laughs> from before. So it's just nice. like a bunch of stuff that appeared in it before times. But if you want like a Satan-y, you know, Pittsburgh shot, so it's a lot of the same crew. You got John Applis from Martin who plays like one of the psychos. Goes. You have a very drunk Lawrence Tierney. There's no other kind right. playing like the uh, molesting stepfather of like the woman star in this. Who, like okay, okay. chases her off, but he's also a cop, so he goes after uh, her as well. Okay, okay. And you know, this is the kind of stuff you want from Severin, which yeah. is like nice package, fun movie. I do have to say though, what's funny about this is that in one of the interviews they show a trailer for the movie, and I'm like, oh, I like that transfer more, <laughs> where it's like grindhouse and kind of like uh, ugly okay. looking the transfer is very clean. So they cleaned it up. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they cleaned it up like in a way that damaged the film, but it was a real contrast. Like I took photos of both where I was like, I wish there was enough space on these discs that the disc producers were like, here's a grindhouse version of the movie. Right, Especially right. something like Midnight where it's like, oh, you know, you want those textures when you watch it. Yeah. So speaking of textures. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's move on to. Okay. So. If people follow me on social media, uh, maybe two years ago, I did probably the most painful uh, <laughs> marathon I've ever done. I, You know, speaking of Mark mistakes. Yeah, I know. This, this <laughs> I'm coining this term. Right well, here. I knew what it was going to be. Okay. I knew what it was okay. going to be because me and my pal, Andrew Barr, who does all the co- covers for Golden Ninja Video, great artist, hire him. He, uh, we, he came over to my place and we watched Evil Bong, the Charles Band series. Now, for people that don't know, I'm not going to go into Charles Band. He had Full Moon. He had Empire. He created kind of like a cult around the movies he made where characters intermingled. And there's also a very um, impoverished feel especially to his later films, which are yeah. mostly composed of Evil Bong and Ginger Dead Man pictures. <laughs> yeah. I should say, I love Ginger Dead Man 2, which is about making a full moon picture and how they have no money, and then Ginger uh, Dead Man shows up meta. and starts killing people on set. I like that meta angle. And it's actually really fun. And there are so many Evil Bong films that I went, there's got to be good ones. Because why would they continue to be made <laughs> if there are no good ones? And so we sat down. We didn't get high. Well, we're, we're, you know, we don't do that kind of stuff. We had bags of candies, though. So by the end, I was okay. like, oh, Iron my candy, stomach. Yeah. <laughs> I ate too many Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> and these movies are awful. And they only get worse from the first one. And the first one features no kills. <laughs> Nothing. It's, it's like, by the end, I was like Sam Neill in, like, In the Mouse of Madness, just, like, laughing. Because yeah. I couldn't believe what I was watching. The last one is just a pornographic puppet show in Las Vegas <laughs> for, like, 30 minutes. And then it ends without a climax. And I was like... <laughs> If, you know, the recent Corona zombies is any indication, Mm -hmm. I feel, yeah, that tracks. These are original filth. One of them takes place at a bowling alley, and they have these dolls that they're selling that are a part of the full moon um, badass dolls, and they are so racist that I felt, like, dirty, like, watching it. And I was like, oh, God. But that's just, like, a different flavor of bad. I can't believe how bad these get. One of them is just, like, ginger dead man. And Ginger Weed Man having a toke off in hell or sexy hell. So it's just like breasts everywhere. <laughs> and it lasts like 30 minutes. Right. And these movies are only an hour right. long. <laughs> so how long did it take you to watch all these movies? Nine hours? Uh, nine movies? Yeah. So I'm like, well, okay. So technically we only watch eight because okay. this box set, Evil Bong Stash Box, which is being released by Full Moon, it also includes Ouija's, which is not part of the Evil right. Bong franchise. But I think it's actually really fun. Okay. Um, directed by Danny Draven, yeah, written by Shane Bitterling. That. Yeah. When it came out last year, around Halloween, I had a lot of fun with it. Now, this box set looks great. It's very sturdy, very heavy. It does look great, yeah. And very I actually, big. We got some guy come into the store the other day who was probably a stoner mm-hmm. and was like, oh my god, this is awesome. Didn't buy it, of course, because of the price tag, but you know. I should say that the evil bong also looks like shit. Like, <laughs> it looks terrible. Like, look at this. Yeah. Who wants, like, a figurine of that? So, yeah, I was... <laughs> 
So why did you buy this box then? As a why memory of the experience that I had, because it can sit there and I can be like, remember that time I watched all those Evil Bong movies? <laughs> it, I got to say, it was the most painful, but also the most fun. Right. Like me and Andrew, we'll just think about it and like laugh. And we're like, can we believe we did this? And there was like, there's a ska song, I think in the first one. Right. And like, it has never left my mind, which it starts with, I think God smokes weed <laughs> and he was high when he made me. <laughs> And like I think about that all the time. I'll be walking around my house and I'll just be like, I think I smoked weed. <laughs> wow. And Emily are like, you're Near still sitting that, singing that song. And that was like a mantra to keep us going when we were watching the movie. Every time like I, like the title would come up, I'd be like, I think. <laughs> and it's like the most generic reggae, obviously sung by all white guys, course, like long course, hair. Yeah. <laughs> and so this box, I also got it because I was like, it's very big. I will put my other full moon discs in this box so yeah. they can all be in one place. Got it home, cracked it open first off i was like oh whoa they gave the um discs new spines let me check them out and i could not get the discs <laughs> out mark is currently holding it in the air trying it to is shake them out so tight they don't even come they out don't either. i wonder i was gonna say i mean they do eventually event, like if you hold the disc down and you pull on <laughs> it you can you take go. them yeah, out yeah. but like it's incredibly tight <laughs> and to add insult to injury the way the box is built the big empty spots on either side you cannot put blu-rays in it i couldn't believe it well clearly it's for your stash right yes it's supposed to be for the stash although you can't fit a bong in here or anything no obviously so what would so, you put in there weed i guess sure I guess you just put your weed in there but like there's nothing else you could i mean you could put pipes in there mm -hmm. could, i mean you could put everything that's smallish in there but yeah you're not gonna fit a bong in there so the one thing that i did say as i was watching it uh, was like, who are not the Blue Rays? I'm never watching these movies again. Yeah, they're gonna sit in the shrink wrap. You know, it's like a, you know, people get statues. Yeah. I, like, it's my statue, if you will. And when I posted, like, about my experience and getting this box set, because, you know, great social media gold, yep. uh, the guys from Schlock Pit, a website I love, like, oh, if yeah, you like cult great. films, like, they review the ones that nobody else talks about. Yeah. They said, we love the Evil Bog movies. And no I was like, way, really? so somebody does. What's great about the Schlock Pit, though, is they'll write a review that I'll yeah. be like, oh, I gotta check this movie out. If you go on Letterboxd and you look at the guy's page, it'll be like, two stars. Yeah. And I was like, aha! Interesting. <laughs> so yeah. he, they're not delusional, but they make it sound really good okay. like you're like oh mm, i want to yeah, check no, this they out definitely review the the kind of movies that i always want to see exactly <laughs> and they're usually see. pretty honest of like this they're is kind of slow yeah, no i love their stuff you also have to like look for like um hints of like if they're like this kind of slow it means it's the yeah, it's slowest like it's film slow, of yeah. all time <laughs> so um, but yeah just to cap that off i will admit i've never seen a single one of these don't I, I said you I would, said you I would said I was you gonna, said you would and you know with the first evil bong i mean they're probably all on tubi but i saw the first one was on tubi tommy chong's in them like I love Tommy Chong. Great. And I just couldn't work up the energy. And you know what? As a stoner myself, I've never had much of an interest in watching these movies. Do you get I've stoned and watch movies? Like, all, the all the time. Uh, but like, is there a particular like film that you like to watch when you get stoned? Not really. I'm no? for anything. Okay. But something like that. So I guess this was maybe just too pandering towards the like, hey, it's like stoner stuff, right? That it just didn't ever appeal to me. Yeah. Oh, and like it was too much to, towards it. I guess so. It just, I feel I like. I mean, I've always known about the existence of these movies. I've just never Evil cracked Bong into them. Evil seems like a great fun idea. It's like you get stoned, like yeah. the bong kills yeah, you. In the first one of Grant's Wishes, it never does that in the next movies. And it's just Charles Band, I guess his mind doesn't really work that way. Yeah. So these movies, it actually killed the Redbox deal Charles Band oh, had. <laughs> where Redbox was funding some uh, Full Moon pictures. Right. And Charles Band is like, I'm making Evil Bong versus Ginger Dead Man. And they're like, we don't want this. He's like, well, I made it. They're like, well, we're not giving you money anymore to do stuff. Right. <laughs> so that's how dedicated he is that's to Evil Bong. You know, I, I do like his dedication. You mm -hmm. know? Even if his movies are, you know, not good and have questionable content sometimes, you know? <laughs> Yeah, uh, like the you know. I I, like the, I love that this I box like set exists behind his. I yeah. also have. Yeah, a, I like that it exists. I also have a gigantic full moon box set I bought directly from Charles Band at a fan expo convention right. that has all of his movies in terrible covers. They're like all the terrible transfers, like the VHS, like yeah, we just threw yeah. it on DVD, and I still have that. And I'm not going to get rid of that, even though it takes up tons of, because it's like 30 Blu-rays. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I like that I own that uh, Empo uh, that Full Moon box set, because I can watch like VHS versions of the movie. There you go. If right? I don't want to watch the, you know, really cleaned up versions. It's yeah. like, this is what it would be like if I watch on VHS. And they all come with the video zones as well. Yeah, there you go. 
I mean, I, I will say may, I, I'm a little, I mean, this doesn't exist anymore, but the Puppet Master uh, Toulon. I wish so, I, you know what? You know, After I, I got kinda, the Evil I Bong box set, I, I went online, I was like, how much is it? And it's I was like, I can't. Now, right? like, yeah, we can get it on eBay. It's uh, $300, $400. Yeah. I can't do it. Well, yeah. We had that here when it first came out. It was so expensive. one copy of yeah. it because it was so expensive. And you put it out because you're like, Justin will buy it. We opened it up a little bit to yeah. let, a lot of people looked at it, never sold it. We just sent, we just The only thing I was tempted was that it's like, there's seven hours of behind the scenes footage that appears nowhere else except on this disc and i was like i i'm, I'm never gonna watch that i know <laughs> i know it's just you know the pu- i mean it's just the doll thing it's yeah. just the doll thing i like I, puppet master i gotta so. say though Whatever. that i did pick up the new puppet master toys that like neck oh, put yeah, out yeah. they look really cool i think i said that last episode didn't yeah. i uh, <laughs> i'll keep saying or it or you just said it to me at you know what point. if this episode comes out on friday and i'm gonna try really hard that it does tomorrow i'm doing a Halloween mind melter movie marathon. Yeah, tune in. And I edited Puppet Master 4 and 5 together into oh, one no movie many years ago, and I never screened it. It will screen there. If you oh, hear this, don't tell anybody. Don't okay. put it on Twitter it's or anything like that. announcement here. Yeah, here. but, you know, all you puppet heads out there, and I worked, I don't want to say I worked hard on it because I did it in one day, <laughs> but I think I found a brilliant way of, because Puppet Master 5 is so slow and almost nothing happened. It's people wandering through hallways for most of the films. <laughs> so what I did was, uh, 20 minutes into Puppet Master 4, the guys arrive at the house and they start wandering through the halls uh, where Puppet Master 4 is taking place. So I made both films run concurrently with oh, each other. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I like that. So check that out. That'll be happening during the 24-hour Horror Movie Mind Melter Twitch TV slash Important Cinema Club. I feel like everyone listening to this has heard yeah. me say this on somewhere else. Let's do it. October in. 16th. That's tomorrow, right? That's tomorrow, right? Starting yeah. at noon from when we're recording this. All right. So I, we talked a long time about Evil Bong. So I'll try to go fast through these because I don't think Mark has seen many of these. Oh, he's seen some of these. Uh, yeah, you know. So we have uh, Shadow Dead Riot. Now, this one, I, I think I saw its world premiere at the Fantasia Film Festival. Oh, really? Okay. And this was a period where, you know, boutique Blu-ray labels, they don't do this anymore. I wish they did. Mm-hmm. When they get too big for their britches and they start producing movies. Yeah, okay. So Media Blasters produced Shadow Dead Riot and they also... Uh, Flesh for the Beast right. was one of theirs. Which we also got a mm-hmm. couple weeks ago from them. And Shadow Dead Riot, this is how I'm going to sell it. It is directed by a Hong Kong cinematographer. It has a Hong Kong action scenes choreographed by the guy who directed Super Fights, Tony Lung Sing Ho. Oh, wow, all right. <laughs> but it's all uh, American act B movie actors doing like a women in prison zombie film where Tony Todd is the zombie king. It's super fun, I think. Like, yeah, I always heard good things about it. I just never got around to it. Now, I don't know why this Blu-ray doesn't have like the commentary that was on the other DVD set, but. Oh, is it pretty bare? No, it has or... like a uh, music video, behind the scenes featurette, uh, deleted scenes. Maybe the commentary is on there. They just didn't list it. Mm. But it's pretty cheap. 20 bucks. Yeah, they're not bad for these. Shadow Dead Riot is a movie that I have bought twice because I was like, oh, ooh, yeah. Shadow Dead Riot when I was at a used uh, DVD store. And I was like, no, I already own it. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> it had like a single disc and a two disc edition. And I was like, right. I know I don't have the two disc. And I was like, I had it. I gave it away in a contest. Yeah, so. Media Blasters did that a lot. Eh? Mm-hmm. Multiple editions of the same movie. Yep. And now they're coming back with all their stuff on Blu ray. Yeah. What's weird about Shadow Dead Ride, it, it was definitely probably shot in standard definition on like, right? like yeah. a mini DV like camera. Yeah. Or something. So yeah. It's funny that it's coming out on Blu ray. So moving on. Vinegar Syndrome. We're talking about tough guys. Don't dance. Have you seen this one? I admit I haven't. Because I missed your screening of it. It's on 35 millimeter. I know, I know. You know what? I don't have a ton of familiarity with Norman Mailer. You don't need to. And I know, I know, I know. You've seen that clip? I've seen the clip. I've seen the clip. Ryan O'Neill going, oh God, oh no, (laughs) oh God. But the movie is just like that. It has an amazing Wings Hauser performance. Yeah, no, I know. It's like a cult classic. I mean, it seems to just be a cult classic Mm -hmm. at this point. Oh, Lawrence Tierney is in this as well? Oh, yeah. It, it is super fun. People don't know Tough Guys Don't Dance. Norman Mailer's, like, slick film that he made for Golden and Globus. Right. Just pure trash. Like, <laughs> made by someone, you know, I'm sure it was coked up, because that was the Norman Mailer Yeah, Whaler, that's the thing, uh, right? Way. That coked up 80s neo-noir kind of vibe. And it was always kind of tough to get. And now uh, Vinegar know, Syndrome. Angelo Badalamenti score, too. Oh, I so good. I didn't realize that until right now. But, yeah, the movie is uh, great. Super fun. Trashy time. Glad that Vinegar Syndrome finally put it. <clears throat> 
don't think I'm losing my voice. Uh, finally come, it's all came that out. Evil bong. Yeah. Talk, you know? <laughs> yeah. Take all those hits. <laughs> all those hot hits on the evil bong. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's out. Grab it. Yeah. All right. So moving on. Oh, yeah. Mark put this Shameless. on the list. Uh, yeah, I put it on the list just so you don't think it Justin is. It is. Gold Ninja's, uh, I can't say it. Gold Ninja Video's release of Dinosaurs in a Mining Facility. Now, you may not have heard of this movie. <laughs> Probably not. Because it. Uh, this is its first release. It played a few micro-budget film festivals. It was brought to my attention by my pal, Adam Thorne. And, you know, sometimes when people recommend movies to me, I'm like, all right, is it actually good? Dinosaurs Mining Facility was in like 10 minutes. I'm like, this is amazing. So good. Yeah. And you know what? I'll say I was wary too at first because it does... Just hearing the title and the idea. You think it'll be it like. feels like, you one know, of those, like uh, Wild Eye. Yeah, exactly. Movies, like like Velocipaster or whatever. And I hate that, like, th- self aware. That's what I thought it was going to be, too. Shit. But this is self aware, mm-hmm. for sure. But so charming. Just, Just so, so smart, smart, too. Smart <laughs> yeah. and funny and really charming. Uh, it was directed by a very bright, creative, and smart young man named Jordan. Goff, and he worked on this movie for five, for five years. years right? And the reason that he worked on it so long, he got most of it shot, but he taught himself all the visual effects. And there's mm-hmm. so many visual effects in this movie. I love the visual and effects in this movie. What's great about this is that, like, I wonder if people watch this movie and they don't get the joke. Like, do you think anybody watches it and they think that, like, oh, they just don't know what they're doing? I mean, it's pretty obvious, I would think, uh, right from the start. There's a shot. They know what they're doing. Like, they know that the budget is, like, low. They know that the effects are out of, like, mm. you know, 90s computer graphic kind of templates. But the way I that mean, he uses them, like, someone yeah, hides from the dinosaurs and you see the same looping animation know, of the dinosaurs. It's so funny. It's so good. And the main joke of the film is people saying, there's dinosaurs in the mining facility. Yeah. Never not funny. <laughs> I know. And that's literally just what the movie's about. There's literally dinosaurs in a, in mining, a literal fi- mining facility, <laughs> which is just a back, like just a bad, like sort of um, green screen backdrop mm-hmm. kind of thing, which is also great. But if you look at it, they worked hard on that. There's like shadows, like their eyes and scenes. And like he worked so hard on it. And it's all what's really funny about it. I don't know if you stayed through the credits where I he did. lists I did. every graphic yep. and sound effect. Oh, I love he- it. It's beautiful. Because um, <laughs> it's essentially like a Creative Commons movie where yeah. people are like, you can use these effects just credit me and yeah. he does and he all does of them. every single one well the credits are like 10 minutes long <laughs> yes because <laughs> the movie's only about an hour an hour <laughs> but you know what you get your money's worse because by you the do. end where it goes to insane places exactly and oh man some jokes at the end where he's like didn't you know i was a phd pretty hungry dinosaur <laughs> yeah, right. does some great like yeah like physical sort of gag jokes mm-hmm. too I, I think like evil bong or something mm. like those kind of slap together movies don't have much like creativity heart yeah, or heart creativity yeah. something like this i mean yeah i guess you could just look at it out of the corner of your eye and be like oh that looks cheap but it, it's not i'd rather that movie rather yeah. that, and it knows it works with those budgetary mm-hmm. constraints so that like when you see a scene where they're like driving in a car and it's green screen and you can see the the line <laughs> yeah. the fuzz line and so it's just like but it the car feel bad like it just it feels like this is the vibe this but is part of the vibe the car is also futuristic yeah, where like yeah, a little display <laughs> pops up yeah exactly <laughs> Knock, knock, who's there? Chainsaw. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) And Um, this Blu-ray, if you're interested in this movie, which is great, Jordan essentially made an entire other feature film that he included. He made a two and a half hour documentary mm-hmm. about the making of this film and he doesn't you know it's not cheap or thrown together it's like very complicated everyone's in front of like green screens and like whatever they're talking about like appears behind them yeah, he yeah. went through all the footage in the film as well and he like edited it to like reflect like outtakes and deleted scenes yeah. and like it's really good he worked six months on that documentary and it's included on this disc as well as a commentary I did with him a video commentary so like the movie's playing behind them on a green oh, screen nice. as they're sitting nice. in front of it by the stars <laughs> of the picture. You also have featurettes about the music, about it playing in movies. There's interviews, vlogs, the ads they did. Disc is stacked. In typical Gold Ninja fashion, this yeah, disc, is, disc stacked. is stacked. This is stacked. 15 and bucks. It's so much fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you just want like a fun DIY, like current DIY movie that's just like not going to disappoint you. This is the one. Yeah, right pick here. up dinosaurs. Yeah. So uh, SRS is continuing its mission of releasing whatever it has in its archives. Yeah, speaking of DIY stuff. Uh, we have Night Feeder. And this is a film that I picked up from the store because I was like, okay, this is not a Polonia film. This is not a modern day film. Yeah, it's like often it is a Polonia. And I think I know what this movie is. Okay. But the cover doesn't look like it. And then I went home and I went, 
it is the movie I think it is, okay. and it's because they cut out the coolest part of the cover, which is a spoiler, so cover your ears if you don't want night uh, feeder spoiled, which is this, like a serial killer going around murdering people. It's weird. You see tentacles every now yeah. and then. And then at the end, it's revealed to be like a baby. It's like, ah! <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, this movie's not good. Okay. Um, okay. It was released by Bleeding Skull only on video. Interesting. Uh, they never did a DVD of it. VHS, okay. And what's cool about it is, is that it was made in Brooklyn by a bunch of visual artists that all lived in a loft. Mm. And the director who does a commentary on this disc is like, I don't know why I wanted to make a movie, but we did. It's the only movie he <laughs> yeah. ever made. I love that kind of yeah. reasoning. Yeah. And it has, it's actually fairly slick, but it also has that like shot on video, like the camera is very heavy. Right. So let's put it back right. and we'll just do the scene. There's <laughs> a little bit of style here and there, but it's clearly made by people who like, they don't really get horror movies. Like, they don't know what it should deliver. Oh, so there's like okay. very little gore in it. Um, but it's like, if you listen to the commentary, it's a bunch of like visual artists all hanging out in the loft where they live making yeah. a movie. So, That's you know, great. there's value well, I in do that. I like that kind of vibe. So. And listen, the DVD's 13 bucks. Yeah, so. they're, they're cheap, man. <laughs> it's basically That's a rental. releases are great. So moving on, we have two releases by Cauldron Films, who have we talked about them on the podcast before? Um, briefly, mm-hmm. they've put out stuff. They're a fairly new label. Yep. And you know what I like? with them it seems like they release like two releases every couple months or so Mm -hmm. and they're kind of like thematically intertwined a little bit you Mm -hmm. know so like i think that first they released um american rickshaw yes and abracadabra which kind of <laughs> not really I guess those don't really <laughs> yeah well, right beginning who directed uh, American, American Rickshaw was directed again? by Sergio Martino I guess it's got that and it was made in the 90s Italian though Italian vibe yeah well Abracadabra is like a Neo Giallo that came out right. a couple days years okay, ago well maybe they don't anyways ago. well this this month they do have uh, an intertwined mm. sort of theme found footage films yep and so call, right up my alley. and I should say Cauldron Films is co-run by the guy who runs Diabolic DVD right a yeah. nemesis of Mark right as a video store uh, I don't mind them. No, yeah, they, they're, they're good. Cool. They're cool. They carry I know them personally. All the good stuff too. Yeah, no, they're great, and they you know are really good about updating like what's going out of print right away, so people like. Yeah, know, they're very so. active. They're great, hey, yeah. they bought they bought no two loads then. of uh, Impossible Horror Blu-rays, so they're, they're good gone. in my book. Yeah, yeah they're nice, the best. Yeah. You know, I was a little bit worried at the beginning when I was going to be like, oh, they're just going to release like all the Italian films that no one else has no, touched. I know because that's what it seemed like <laughs> yeah. at first. Because I was like, oh man, American Rickshaw. I love Sergio Martino. That was a movie that was like that. Made me sad. <laughs> well, they did, yeah, they did do Crimes of the Black Cat, which has well, been selling liked. very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably their best selling, at least for us. I've never seen this Argento film. You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. of course. I mean, I said this recently on another podcast, but like, we've reached the bottom of like the Giallo. Like, yeah, they've all been everything's released. Everything's been released. <laughs> like, I had these up. books written by Troy Howers where he goes through every Giallo that came out of Italy. Yeah, and like, like I've read that whole book. Like, there's no more unless it's like an unreleased <laughs> movie. Yeah, then yeah, they're done. They're done. So if a new one comes out, it's like no. It's probably it's not bad. that good. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, I didn't see Crime of the Black Cat, but people said it was fun. But so these two films, the first one is the English title. It's called 1974, The Possession, Possession Altair, Altair mm-hmm. which is a Mexican found footage film from 2016. Five, five years ago. Yeah, yeah, and but it takes place in the 70s, and it was all shot on Super 8. As some people have pointed out. You wouldn't shoot on Super 8 in the 70s. No, I know. I like the idea. Of mm-hmm. all sh- and it's actually shot on Super 8. Yes, and, and that's cool. That it's yeah. not like, we put a filter over it. It's like, exactly. no, they shot it on Super 8. So that's cool. And apparently it's just a chronicle of a newlywed couple who have disappeared. And, you know, in like Blair Witch style, like this is the footage that has been found. Mm-hmm. Didn't watch that one, but heard really great things about it. But The other one. Oh, wow. You saved the blind buy for last. Uh, the Collingswood story is this week's blind buy. Or, ooh, yeah. So I wanted to pick this because, I mean, I wanted to pick one of these, mm -hmm. and I kind of went for this because... Wait, I want to say that I picked it up off the shelf, and I looked at it, and I went, uh, when Rebecca uh, found footage paranormal activity in the host and I was like no thank you and I kind of like tossed it away and tossed it away yeah on the ground on I was like ground. pick it up and Mark and stepped on it and then when Mark suggested it I was like Ugh. and he's like it was actually shot in 2002 I was like yeah. ooh and that's what that's got what got me, me. I was because like, I'm like it is uh, like a screen life type movie. I thought it was a retro. Like we made it look like 2002. That's what I thought at first too. But no, this was actually made in 2002. So the computer technology from 2002 is what you're going to be seeing on the screen for this. Which well, is very appealing to which, me. I mean, the computer technology well, in this I mean, movie yeah. feels better than what we have it, now. It is, yeah, because it is sort of like, it is designed. Yes. There is a design. And there's no it. like um, like uh, like lagging or anything like that. You never hear a dial-up sound. But dude, it is so of a time. Like you might not hear a dial-up sound but 
all the video calls that they're doing are actually put through their phone, their landline phone. So they're constantly like dialing on their landline yeah, phone. Yeah, to dial someone to else. dial somebody through their computer, very like the net style. All I know? could think of watching the movie was like, this would have been so expensive. Right? And I, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, they must be driving their phone bill up like so much. At one point they reference it, which yeah, is like, do. it's going to cost a lot of money. Exactly. And he's like, eh, you know. So when people talk about this movie, I looked it up afterwards. They're like, it came late in the found footage cycle because Blair Witch was 98. 99. 99. Yep. And this comes out in 2002. Yeah. And so like that's kind of gone away and it's before Paranormal Activity brings it yeah, all back. exactly. And there is a special thanks credit to one of the directors at Bl- of Blair Witch at the end. And I don't know if that's just- Was like, he involved uh, or, or was it just Well, like, that's what I'm yeah. not sure. So clearly, clearly this is inspired by that wave and more so uh, Blair Witch Project than mm. anything else. But this is definitely a precursor for like the revival of found footage though. Yes. Like to the degree where it's like this feels like movies like Host or Paranormal Activity were directly taking stuff. But we'll say better than those movies. Better than those movies, I would say. I would say. So I really like this movie. Host, which I saw last year and did Mm. not like at all. But it's a similar kind of premise to Host, I Mm -hmm. would say. When I say like I don't like found footage films, which is why I made Impossible Horror, just as (laughs) like a challenge to myself of like, can I have a found footage element? Found footage films. I do not like the tropes of found footage films. Yeah. The lack of characters, the lack of relate, really any relationships. Yeah. Because people think like, oh, we got to scream and stuff like that. The you know just a lack of structure really to these movies maybe they feel like oh it's real you don't need one it's like no no you still you still need it and you don't have that and they don't know how to do an ending that's a big problem with those movies no i agree and that's what the problem for me with host was Mm. uh is it just has no ending when i think (laughs) i had the ending you exact you expect yeah when a host came out people like it's so good i was like does everybody die at the end of it and people were like yes and i was like no thank (laughs) you exactly the way that they always die that always happens i know the one big regret i have about impossible horror which is a movie about people making a found footage film is in the original draft it ended with the characters going, well, let's edit this found footage film. Oh, <laughs> and then they gave each other a high five. I like that. So it wasn't like, you know, it's like, we don't know where these tapes came yeah. from. And so you call- understand the shortcomings of yes. found footage when you make that. And yeah, while I love found footage, I will say probably more of the found footage movies have been bad than <laughs> like, 85%? <laughs> like 85%. Well, like, yet I keep watching. Like them, the so. ones that you like, I'm like, oh yeah, those are really good. Yeah. Like we talked about uh, the last broadcast, last broadcast, which I really well, like. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, classic ones like the Blair Witch Project mm-hmm. or the last broadcast are great i mean there's newer ones that are good but there's so many of them now like yeah we're both in this found footage facebook group too yes which is like found footage fans they love it constantly post because there are so many on Tubi, amazon prime <laughs> didn't i add you to that found footage yeah because yeah, yeah. yeah, somebody saw impossible horror and they added me to exactly. it through that and you added me and i get some recommendation like i've best i've taken a few of them but most of the stuff that is posted there it's like wow these are just like anybody just picking up a camera mm-hmm. and making a found footage and what were the last good ones on. hell house llc people really like those love ones. hell house yeah. llc but even the second i haven't seen the third one but i the second one was diminishing returns mm-hmm. like the first one was great but yeah so I, but collinswood story we didn't even say what it's about so we said it's a screen movie and it's about uh, a couple that are in university the woman and is like went away and yeah. the man's like a little bit jealous you know like well, like, it's also, her birthday. Like, he's also 26 and she's 21. And like Ooh. at first I was like, so when you were 21, she was 16. Had they been dating <laughs> for a like, long time? Know. Well, he's just a bum. Like he's yeah. not in school. No. And she is. So at first I was like, oh, this relationship's not going to last. Uh, but you know what? It doesn't even matter. Like it goes past that. It's fine. But, and then. Yeah. So there it's her birthday. So he does like a bunch of stuff for yeah. her. And you, uh, he talks to his friend and it's he, like you know, a little jealous. It's also Halloween that's happening yep. in the background. Yep. Exactly. And they actually do some cool stuff where like it's not just the calls. At one point, she's like, I hooked up my laptop. 2002, that must have been a giant laptop to the <laughs> landline with a cable oh so I can like, move around. And the around. cable, you see the the, la- yeah. the phone line like stretching right back around the room. And what ends up happening is that he gets her a seance with like a, a you know, online person. Yeah. And the person so like... like host, basically. Yeah, I haven't seen host. So oh, okay. Does that it's happen? like the same thing. Okay. Well, they basically do, they get a lady mm. to do a seance with Really? Her. It's the same it's thing? Same thing. So this, yeah. I bet they, it's cooler in this. Like, it's, it's cooler like in a this. mechanical thing mm-hmm. where like, you know, and, and I like the vibe of the lady. She's got like candles mm-hmm. set up in the back. And you don't know you if it's like see. a scam. You yeah. don't know what's going on as it plays. And it does. That's what I liked a lot. It has that early internet, like wild, like that, um, the wild terrain of the early internet where you could just dial a random, like, 
mm. webcam number and it would pop chat up. Chat roulette, would baby. There. Chat roulette. It had a very chat roulette kind of vibe, which mm. I thought was great. And what ends up happening is that the person uh, who does the seance tells her that the woman is in a house, that a murder's happened, and yeah. maybe something's going on there. Yeah, yeah. And this is a slow build, too. Like, I do totally, feel yeah. that if I had seen a rough cut of this film in 2002, I would have told the director, there's a little moment where it breaks the reality, mm-hmm. where you see, like, flash forwards, and I was like, get rid of those. You don't need that's them. That's true. That's that, true. That's the only thing I would remove, uh, because I thought it worked. Like, even yeah. the ending, I'm like, ooh, this is good. It's I can't, creepy. Yeah, it's creepy. It builds, too. And you're right. There's not, whereas something like Host, or a lot of modern ones, like, there's they no do jump still scares. have these, yeah. like, periodic jump scares. Mm-hmm. It's like, we gotta have a jump scare in there. They don't really do that. No, nope, they just, don't. It creates an unnerving atmosphere slowly, but sure. Because at first you're like, ah, this is just some cheap, low budget movies. But then you kind of get hooked in by this atmosphere, and it builds to a really creepy, creepy end. Ending, yeah, it which does. Which is really well done. Yeah, a say. double, a double whammy. Yeah. Uh, and you, you, you may say like, oh, do they die at the end? Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Maybe. Yeah, someone does. Someone but does, there's but like a final who, shot where I'm like, who and how? <laughs> it's like, yeah, what does this actually mean? Exactly. Which is exactly what you want at the end of the yeah, movie. Yeah, leaves you thinking about it, which mm. I think the best of the genre like Blair Witch Project or Last Broadcast do and the worst of the genre don't. Don't. They, yeah, it's like, like everybody oh, dies. Everybody That's dies, the end. Yeah. Um, so, high recommendation for me and Mark yes. for Cauldron Story, uh, Collingswood Story. Yeah, Cauldron <laughs> Story, yeah. Um, and the director, Mike Costanza, never, re- I was looking him up, never really did much oh, after. Oh, poor him. guy with that last name. I know. Can't right? stand <laughs> can't stand you yeah um he did do a show he created a show called dante's cove um which is um kind of like a queer supernatural story which he, i remember hearing about I, he made a movie show. called bashing yes that, and that the uh, and that was in the 90s before this but yeah. other than that he didn't really do anything which is a bummer because you feel yeah. like something like this could have like been a hit that's the thing and i guess you're right maybe it just came too late in that wave and nobody really saw it i think it was on dvd though at that time i um, Probably it was, yeah. It didn't have like a very a really good title. Cheap, you can go on a yeah. uh, uh, poster. You can go on IMDb and see yeah, it. It's like it very cheap generic, cheap-looking yeah. poster, yeah. But they've Cauldron's really put like a much nicer cover on this one. Oh, like, yeah. It actually grabs you just I looking mean, at it. It kind of looks like uh, visiting hours as well. It does. Like it the does. skull. But you know what? It's cool. I take it, though, yeah. And it's funny it's on Blu-ray because it's definitely shot on standard it's definition so VHS. SD, but, but it has know, like that. a making of, interview with the two actors, and a director's commentary. So pretty basically everything you would want yeah, with a movie like this. And like for, you know, an October recommendation of something that you probably have never heard of but is legitimately spooky... I don't think you can do much worse than this. No, yeah. Pick up the Collingswood story much from better than this. Cauldron. Yeah, much yeah, worse than this. Yeah, this is terrible, by the way. Yeah. We, we oh, what a, what a twist. <laughs> what a twist. Yeah. It's actually terrible. So uh, that's it for the Bay Street Video Podcast. Uh, you guys are open, and it's Video Store Day. It is Video Store Day tomorrow, but uh, so before or during your time watching Justin's uh, 24-hour movie marathon, yes. you need to get out for a little bit. Don't do it. Come you got to watch all of it. Well, come first. You know, it starts yeah. at noon, so we open at 10. You there know, you go. Come, you got two hours. Come on down, and we've got sales going on. It's basically going to be like 10% off anything, but there's also going to be 20% off select titles, basically stuff we have way too much stock of. Hey, 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 don't give the uh, game away, Mark. No. Yeah. And, you know, other sales and, you know, two-for-one rentals, stuff like that. So uh, come on down. Yeah, and it's only for one day, right? It is. It's just one day. Didn't you used to do it for like a week? I remember that happening no, once. No. Maybe that was a Boxing ever... Day thing. Boxing Day, yeah. We used to just do one day, and then last week or last year we did a week because okay. of the pandemic. We didn't want to rush everybody in. So, so yeah, come to Basery Video and pick those movies up. Please do. So, until next week, my name's Justin DeClue. And I'm Mark Hansen. Keep on buying. Keep on renting. Video, it's what you want to watch. Found footage films. Found footage films. These movies and many more are available at your local video store. Come to me. I'll give you some good recs. <laughs> I mean, last broadcast. So, what else you got? Uh, 388, 388 Arletta Avenue, which mm-hmm. I think I've recommended on this uh, podcast before because it's got my man Nick Stahl <laughs> and Devin Sawa. I think you, oh, it's... that was a very soft recommendation, if I recall. No, no, it's good. It's good. Okay. 388 Arletta Avenue. <laughs> That's it, it, eh? That's yeah. all you got. That's all I got. I'm done. <laughs>